welcome back to First World Solutions, the problem-solving show for people who don't necessarily need one. I'm Joel. I'm Oscar. I'm Tom. Some of you out there have been a little bit concerned about our uh, extended network of fans, specifically Train Man. (laughs) The cool dude who Tom hooked up with. Don't say hooked up with, I don't want that on record. But he's a cool dude, why don't you want to have that as a track record for you? Yeah, unofficially. The cool dude that Tom initiated into the First World Solutions (laughs) fandom... We've had a comment on SoundCloud from Theta the Sheep, or the Taith Sheep, or Thet at He Sheep. Shout out to that guy, or girl, or sheep. Are we super sure that it's sheep? <sighs> there you go, you didn't think about that, did Theta, you? Theta, there's heap. Shout out to that heap. They're asking, whatever happened to Train Man? And, well, <laughs> we got an update for you. <laughs> I have been wondering this myself. It's not juicy. I'm sorry, I wish it was juicy. But... Anything can be juicy if you squeeze hard enough. Okay, well, let me squeeze. I'm going to squeeze Train Man till he pops. So, Train Man was at his post today as I came aboard. He was looking out forlornly, he clocked me, and there was just a kind of look in his eye of just almost kind of disappointment, but he did recognise me, so he kind of gave me this half-smile, curt little nod. Mm. Then, when kind of nothing else came back from me, he pointed at his ear and then kind of did this really limp thumbs up where he barely closed his fist whatsoever, as if to say, like, I tried it. I did. Yeah. Tried it. I don't think Train Man was a fan. What can we do to get mm. him back on side? See, this is the thing. I imagine he's probably started from the beginning, and so therefore he doesn't know he's being addressed. Yeah. We're shouting into the void for him. Yeah, he can't hear us because he's on episode one. He's too far behind. Ah, shit, you're right. So maybe he's really invested and that's just his way of showing his, his thanks. He was so crippled with laughter that he couldn't form a proper thumbs up hand. That's maybe. what it was. Whenever I've been on a hard laugh, my hands are always the first thing to go. Mm. They always struggle to close. You're my... a very gestural man. You are. I mean, that's, true. that's just factually accurate. I was making a joke, but you've... You've made a very good point there. I'm a very, I, I gesticulate wildly. Yeah. God forbid we ever do live shows because we're going to have to have Joel and myself in one corner of the stage and Oscar in just kind of the like a containment cor- cube. <laughs> That's a funny joke, Oscar, but can you tell it inside the cube? <laughs> I can do anything in the cube. <laughs> Philip Schofield doesn't scare me. Watch me. Ah, <laughs> oh, Philip Schofield, you and your cube. Stop trapping people in boxes. I like, to, I like to imagine that's how the cube started. Like, he just kind of left it in the middle of the street and waited for some poor soul to walk into it. Then he slammed the door and just like, you can play past the puzzle, John! I like can you do it inside the cube? And dragged him into a studio. Well, you know how um, families all have their own, like, little games? Maybe the Schofield family had the cube at Christmas. <laughs> the Schofield family was was originally far larger and greater spanning, but mm. Philip took it too far and he's he's trapped various family members in his cube. Yeah. You said it's in a studio. I'm willing to bet the, the cube is on site at Schofield Towers. <laughs> Schofield Towers? Schofield HQ, Schofield, underground. Schofield HQ. Underground to hide it from the sniffing police dogs. Yeah, much like, do you remember Jungle Run? Oh, jung- I do remember Jungle Run. Yeah, and how there was the terrifying thing about feeling that if a kid didn't get out of the monkey's belly, it was trapped inside the monkey's belly, and then mm. it would become a uh, one of the guards. Like, that was kind of it. They got imprisoned by Jungle Run. I legitimately believed that for a really long time. It was the most tense experience. They yeah. never did callbacks. They never had, like, right? a cut, like, midway through the tense ritual. Like, oh, Johnny, from episode uh- six. Hey, how you hey, doing? Well, look. I'm a guard now. Yeah, I'm an abomination. <laughs> Thank you. Just couldn't, just need to get that ruby monkey. The the thing I'm worrying about is that all the people you see doing the demonstrations in the cube, the kind of faceless people that look like wearing fencing gear, that mm. kind of show you the way in which you're supposed to throw the beanbag in the hole or walk along the, the pole, 
I haven't watched the cube in a while. I know it. I know so they what have it. demonstrations from faceless guards. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, well, otherwise, how are you going to know what you're supposed they, to be doing? They, they call it the body. Yes. I reckon <laughs> the body is just anyone that did not successfully do their task in the cube. You know, Philip Schofield makes it like you didn't win the money. You, better luck next time. And then when they get out of camera shot, someone grabs them, puts, them, hoods in a, them, yeah. hoods them, puts them in the fencing gear and just explains to them that that's their life now pretty dark it is pretty dark the cube is pretty dark but you know it's it's pretty dark it's a black set uh but you know that's schofield family tradition behind every smiley schofield there's a glint of blood sport cube related evil (laughs) and uh that's something we can't fix because it's a little bit outside of our operating area what we do is we solve up first world problems which are much smaller and much easier to grab and fix they've all got handles on them every problem has a handle it's like a kettlebell can't but like, like <laughs> can't grab a cube, too many no. corners. <laughs> Slippery, it's made of glass. Yeah. So we're here to lift those kettlebells into the sky, which fixes them. That's what I've been told by my gym teacher anyway. Gym teacher? Gym Personal teacher. trainer, whatever. You know what he means. I don't have either. <laughs> Who'd like to start us off with a problem from the internet that we can fix up? Yeah, sure, I'll jump in with one. This comes to us from Please Have a Seat on Reddit. Thank you very much, Please Have a Seat, who says... I got so drunk last night that I don't remember eating the fabulous spaghetti dinner I made. (laughs) I've never heard a spaghetti dinner described as fabulous. What constitutes a fabulous meal, first and foremost? Spaghetti. Seasonings. So so far we have herbed spaghetti. Dry herbs on top of wet spaghetti. Yeah, well, the, the herbs absorb the moisture from the spaghetti. Yeah. It's a... If you put enough herb in... So we're talking an entire pot of mixed Italian seasoning yeah. and wet spaghetti. That yeah. sounds pretty fabulous. <laughs> He's not wrong. Not fabulously good. It just sounds fabulous. But it, if it's glittery herbs as well, that would be fabulous. That's actually not a bad shout. When Before we start fixing this problem up, can we ascertain whether or not it's fabulous in quality or if it's just very glitzy? Mm. Can it be both? It could be. It could be delicious and bejeweled. Yeah. It, uh, so this delicious bedazzled spaghetti dish. Diamante spaghetti. Yes. My delicious diamante spaghetti. Yeah. Coming to a cinema near you. <laughs> so they've eaten it and the problem is they can't remember eating it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've missed out on the joy of eating it, which, let's face it, is the most important thing of any food. Oh, 100%. Nutrition be damned. It's all about the, the, the momentary crunch of fabulosity. You can get you can get all your nutrients from, like, vitamins or pills or powders and stuff. You mm. don't get that sweet that sweet twist of the spaghetti and then, like, you know, getting it all on onto the end of a fork. You can't get that same experience. And that's, yeah. that's well, that contributes to the fabulosity that Joel has picked up on. So... Is there a way to retroactively enjoy a meal? I mean, have it again, really, is the only one I can think about. What about the Russian style of dash cams? But... <laughs> See, I thought you were going to go Is that the for... Russian style? I thought you were going to go with nesting dolls, not dash cams, <laughs> when I heard the Russian style, but... Well, I only say Russian style because they're much more common, they're much more prevalent in Russia. Which... So I've heard. Yeah, yeah, no, I, th- I feel like that's more, um, of a, that's more of a well. But like most cars have a dash cam so you can see what happens and so you're protected for insurance reasons, things like that. Maybe you should insure yourself against missing a meal by having a dash cam on your bowl. That seems like a very unflattering angle for eating a meal. Or a hat you have to wear. Now that... <laughs> Like a kind of drunk GoPro. Yeah. So it's a hat which has a, a, hat, a camera hanging out of it like an anglerfish, mm. which is filming you eating it. Oh, so yeah. you can... Sort of a top-down view. Yeah, you can vicariously live through your past self again, seeing how much you enjoyed it. Yeah. Hmm. 
So, what are we gonna do about taste? Something I learned not to do a long time ago, but I'd had like a pint at home and then we'd gone out and had a pint in a pub and then we were like, oh, we're quite hungry. Should we go eat? Yeah, sure. And I was really starving at this point, really looking forward to a nice juicy burger and chips. Mm. Had a pint while we're waiting for the food to arrive. I bit into the burger and it was tasteless because I realised the first thing that left me uh, as a drunk person was my ability to taste complex things. Oh, so man. you're concerned that not only will you miss out because you forgot what happened, you'll miss out because your tastes stop working. Yeah, that's what happens to me. If I'm too drunk, I can't actually appreciate a meal because it's just like, it's just texture. There's no taste coming so in. So this person mm. may well have been completely present in terms of remembering the meal, but they may yeah. not remember the flavour Yeah, if they have a similar kind of issue. I think what you do is... We, when you cook a meal, we just get a little spray bottle like that of perfume and mm. just kind of take the spaghetti water and just kind of bottle it back up. So in the morning, you're like, oh, fuck my spaghetti. Meal. Wait. And then you can spray it on your tongue. You want to odor spaghetti. Yes, I do want odor spaghetti. <laughs> What's so wrong with that? Davidoff spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not against the idea. Are we thinking like, you know, those hideous kids toys that just spray sugar into your mouth? Yeah. Kids toys, kids sweets. So that, but for discerning adults. The yes. discerning man about town has his odor spaghetti ready to hand. Can it have a hip holster? Yes. Good. Well, you, you've got to get to it quick and you've got to be able to <laughs> yeah. get it in and out fast because you, you, you want to act on that momentary impulse of wanting that particular taste yeah. or smell. You but know that heart drop when you wake up in the morning after a few drinks and you're like, shit, where's my wallet? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you go to the kitchen, you go, shit, where's my spaghetti? <laughs> It's okay. I have my odor spaghetti. It like permanently clips to your side. <laughs> like whenever you see like an 80s cop movie and they've always got the gun holster on, like regardless mm. if they're just like in a vest and pants, they've or always the got it ready to go. Like, yeah, in the bath with it, in the shower with it. <laughs> How do we stop uh, drunk you from using the bottle to spaghetti? It's incredibly fiddly. You're thinking like child lock? In a sense, yeah. Like it's not just press down and, and get. You have to remove a very, very tight twist lid. Mm. You okay. have to enter like a passcode on the top. Okay. Just just get 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 rid of that. It's got the um it's got blister pack on it. Like, you know, blister packaging, the stuff that you need like a pair of, like usually comes on a pair of scissors that you need a pair of scissors to get into. Yeah, but we want to be able to access it when we're sober. Uh, oh, I'll just lock it off forever. How about the stuff that you get on the outside of seasoning jars? Oh, with the weird that perforation. That little like, perforated the... thing on the top, which you could definitely not work out if you were drunk, but if you're sober, that's fine. You could still do it quite quickly. That's true. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Not... And it's, it's just another layer of protection. And if you are in the state of mind where you don't really know what's going on, if you're drunk enough yeah. to forget your fabulous spaghetti dinner, you're yep. too drunk to open the odor spaghetti. Exactly. That's what I've been seeing on all the posters. <laughs> that's yeah. the tagline. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've been seeing. Drink to forget odor spaghetti. <laughs> By Davidoff. <laughs> Love it. It's beautifully nihilistic. Let's move on to a, another prompt, perhaps from Oscar. Hit us up with right, something yeah. else. This one comes to us from Hot Local Dad on Twitter. <laughs> My pro <laughs> I'm going to be really annoyed if this is false advertising now. Who says, My favourite first world problem is not being able to fall asleep without the TV on to trick me into feeling like I had meaningful human contact that day. Okay, yeah, this is... I, I get it, because meaningful human contact, I think in this context, is seeing more than the person that you live with, which I think we all kind of get. Yeah. I, I do. It's... 
it's not the human contact thing. It's just like, I need, I need my TV comfort. I don't know what it is, but I can't fall asleep without it anymore. I need the lights and I need someone soothingly talking to me as I fall asleep. Mm. You want something that's interesting enough to hold your attention, but not so interesting that it keeps you awake. Yes, exactly that. You want to be engaged for 10 to 15 minutes and then you want your brain to say, that's not the worst thing in the world if I miss it. Yeah, like I can watch this again. I, yeah. I, I don't mind. So yeah, a lap, you know, like a laptop or a TV or something like that is a wonderful way to do that because it's a passive viewing experience and it kind of lulls you into the kind of sleeping mm. sense. Mm. You do kind of need the audio visual element as well. What can replace that? Because let's say you, you are doing that, you do fall asleep, that that thing is going to keep on running afterwards. Yeah. Tremendously wasteful. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I've woken up countless times to see that I'm seven episodes ahead of where I was on a certain yeah. series and my laptop has no power and the light source has meant I haven't really got a good sleep. Yeah, and also, and on God, God help you if you, you were doing it on YouTube because that oh, autoplay is taking you to some places. It, you... Yeah, It's taking me to very, very weird places before. I did once wake up uh, to a right-wing conspiracy theorist video about why Donald Duck was a leftist propaganda tool. He is, but anyway. <laughs> I was going to say that. I see you found my channel. <laughs> You're just going through Joel's liked videos. Oh, God. Playlist very important. <laughs> I think the issue for me, at least, is that if I don't have anything to stimulate my brain, it goes off on dangerous tangents yep. that are far too real 100%. and far too, like, mind-numbingly chilling. So I need something to make my mind go, no, nah, just think about whatever. Yeah. Think about this thing. Maybe instead of TV, we can have one of those old school OHP things and it just projects thinking prompts onto the ceiling. See, that's exactly what I was thinking. But OHP still requires there to be like a like a big light source. Mm. What I'm thinking is... But i got to keep them in business. I, <laughs> just for nostalgia's sake. Taking, they are completely outdated. What is this? This is like a fucking vinyl hipster attitude. It's like, oh no, you don't get the feel on a smart board that you do with the OHP. I'm pretty sure... We have I made mean, this joke before. Have we? <laughs> About analog OHPs. It just looks better. <laughs> we are super predictable. Yeah. The um so yeah, what I was thinking instead, because that would still require a light source, which would kind of, you know, keep you awake and still gives you that um, you know, bad sleep. True. I'm thinking a neon adult mobile above you that just has prompts what's, turning around. What's good about that is it's got the 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 audible element of constant neon buzz. Yep. Yeah. Just a constant universally and recognized to be the most soothing sound possible. Of just course. a solid like that's oh man drifting off just making that noise that myself plus like some wind chimes that are on it that's just mm. kind of floating yeah, around yeah and then occasionally like you'll just kind of be looking up and you'll see it and the prompt will just be like what do you think trousers were a hundred years ago and you're like oh mm. i mean probably just trousers but i mean i could transport my brain back there and by the time you're finished with it the next one comes around rank fruits on a scale of one to spiky yeah and you're just like oh shit okay, okay. well this is gonna be a process what is the least spiky fruit what is oh man that's some real thought what does blue smell like oh I don't want to think about that. No, that's, I really that's, don't. That's, that's verging on existential. It can't be anything too emotionally complex or existentially awakening. But it also can't be anything too easily answerable. Yeah. If it's like, what size are your shoes? 10. Okay. Uh, it's done. Well, I'm not okay. thinking about that anymore. You're going to have to wait. It's 20 minutes until the next prompt rolls around. Wait, if fun. Riddles. Yeah, but open-ended ones but open <laughs> procedurally generated riddles yes with no this is, answer this is it procedurally so it's just it always has the same format just i have a blank but no blank i see blank but cannot smell blank what riddle, am i <laughs> riddle mad libs is what you're doing yeah. yeah so you just take existing riddle formats like so a blank is found blank in a blank 
There is no blank. How did he blank? <laughs> bed libs. Bed libs. Bed libs. Yeah, I get that. That works. Yeah. So let's let's run a few past each other, shall we? So I'm going to give you take an existing riddle <laughs> format, get rid of the content, create something new. Okay, let's use the classic one of the egg. Okay, yeah, I am a box with no key or lid. Inside yeah. a golden treasure is hid. Okay, I, so, I, I, it's not really a box no. though, is it? I am a door. No Ooh. turnip, no screw. Inside my house, yellow is found. <laughs> what am I? Soil? <laughs> now tell me that's not keeping you up for exactly 30 minutes. Is it a tulip? No. Is it a turnip? No. Is it anything? <laughs> no. Ah. It's procedurally generated. It can't be. Of course. There we go. Joel, give us a procedurally generated riddle that's going to keep me awake. Okay. Um, so there's the one about the river that's like, it has a mouth but doesn't scream or something. Doesn't speak. Has scream with your <laughs> This river is it's screaming. screaming. <laughs> it has a... It has a bed but never sleeps restlessly thinking about That's it. Yeah, so it, I have a bed but never scream. It's three, isn't it? It has a mouth but doesn't never speak. Sleeps. Has a bed, bed but doesn't sleep. Yeah. What am I? What That's am it. I? Okay, so I have a cup but never drink. <laughs> I have a bike but I walk to work. What am I? A commuter. He never drinks out of his cup. <laughs> yeah, a thirsty commuter. A thirstless commuter. Yeah. I have a cup, but I never drink because I don't need to. Mm. Um, I have a bike when I walk to work. Have you seen the congestion? That's See, that's too simple. It needs, it needs that slight air of mystery. Okay, that slight air of computer-generated wackiness. Yeah, exactly that. We need, we need jank. Okay, I have a drink, but never promise. <laughs> okay. I have several pets, but which of them has a bachelor's? What am I? <laughs> what am I? That's two. Which of my pets has a bachelor's and what am I? Yeah, use the, use the first answer <laughs> yeah, to solve the second. That's actually not a bad idea. You could start kind of verging from riddles into um, those horrible maths questions you got in like GCSE mm. papers. Andrew has seven dogs. Elise has six parrots. Ashley has two cats. How many parrots does Ashley have? Well, I've found that when I'm struggling to get to sleep, something that's quite tangential content-wise will send me to sleep because my brain can't keep up with the changes. Yeah. So maybe we do nested riddles. So it's like, I have a blank, but no answer to riddle three. <laughs> well, so once you've gone through the entire series, you understand enough about the first one that you can go back and yeah. appreciate it more. But as soon as you get lost, you're like, oh, I'm still working on riddle three and they want me to do riddle five and then riddle four is the answer to two. And I, oh, we haven't got there okay. yet. I'm just... So taking everything that we've got here, yeah. we start with a riddle that's very easily solvable. Which, a classic chi one. which chicken came first? Not what came first, the chicken or the egg. Which chicken? chicken. Which chicken came first? Around riddle 20, it's going to just detail at which order that chicken came in. And then as it goes along, it'll say, well, this chicken came after the one from riddle 20. Yeah. And then it's a bit... So it's a it's a riddle odyssey. A, a rodyssey? Mm. <laughs> Sounds close to something. Yeah. A riddle see. Rid the sea of riddles. It's hard to compress that word much more than it already is because when you say it enough times, as we already have, the word riddle yeah. has lost precisely all meaning. It's just a scramble of letters. Well, why don't we do an anagram of it then? Okay. Diddler. <laughs> Diddler, the riddle odyssey. Diddler on the, Diddler on the roof. Diddle yourself to sleep. <laughs> Diddle me this. Yes! 
even an anagram. <laughs> well, no, it could be. <laughs> Diddle me this, but it's just got a lot of words in it. Yeah. I'm not going to do them. Here's a call to action. What does diddle me this stand for? That's, I think you're thinking of acronyms. Yeah, I, I, acronym, I, acronym, acronym. You're right, I was thinking of that. Yeah. <laughs> I could go with diddle me this. Diddle me this. It's not super evident that it's a sleep aid. If okay. it was diddle me bliss. Diddle me zzz. <laughs> diddle me this. <laughs> it's, it's a work in progress. If you've got a better name, please do let us know. Just diddle me. Diddle me. <laughs> the sleep aid. No. <laughs> Diddle me, the sleep aid. That's Parentheses, a, no. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Question a, mark. That's a firm yikes from me. Uh, we're going to move on because this is entering a weird space, a weird energy, and I don't care for it. Um, I've got one here. I've got one here from Twitter from jjohnson88, who says, Every so often I give the cafe in my local station another try at hot chocolate, and it's still just as rubbish. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. So everyone... Not so much nowadays, but a few years back, there was a massive ragging on big corporations taking over the world and it's not as good as... Thing is, it tastes better. It does, though. There's a reason why popular things are popular sometimes. Because they're good. Yeah, they Uh. taste like not bad, i.e. good. The opposite of bad. The opposite of bad. You're telling me a hot chocolate at Starbucks or Cafe Nero or Costa tastes worse than old Billy's train market shop hot chocolate. Well, if they're selling train markets, then they're probably not very good at hot chocolate. Problem is, if you want to support your local businesses, there needs to be some give and take there. You can't support a shit business just because it's local. Many people do, but I agree. Many people do, but you shouldn't because (laughs) you're not helping. Because you're not helping the good businesses to stay in business. You're just propping up bad businesses that no one else is going to support. It's like, it's overly expensive, poorly made, the quality is bad and they fight me every time, but it is two doors down from my house. However, the place that's three door down in my house has a queue out the door every day because everyone is so impressed with a good service and good product, but I won't support it because I've got to walk an extra 10 feet and I'm not about it. So that's me helping my community mm. is an example of bad. The anti-corporates, like, do you reckon that's how they've approached this? The fact that I, I gotta, I've got to give this guy another try just in case mm. they, it was just a float last time because I don't want to support Costa or that kind of stuff. My question is, is there a way to get a Costa hot chocolate whilst whilst appearing to support this business? Hmm. Is there a way you can sneak Costa hot chocolate into their vats, or into it, their machines? Is there a way we can infiltrate Costa HQ and steal the chocolate recipe? Ah, now we're talking. Now we're planning we a heist. We start a small local heist business. <laughs> <laughs> Support your local heist business. And we steal from the rich, in this case, the corporations, and give to the needy, in this case, the local businesses. Yeah. So realistically, everybody wins. I mean, the corporations... <sighs> They still win. They'll always they win. They'll always win. Costa's got too much going. It'll get out that we stole it from them. And if they undercut price-wise, then they're still going to win. Cause... This is the thing. If it gets out that we stole from them, then we plan the next heist. And we move on to another company. There's mm. only so many companies in the world, really. How many can there be at this point? I, I think l- about six. I'm pretty mm. sure there's a big six. They kind of like <laughs> go under different names. There's Costa. What? That's all the drink ones. Okay, so everything everything drink related is Costa. You yeah. got Disney for all the all the visuals. All the yep. stuff you can see is Disney. Disney. All the yep. stuff you can drink is Costa. Everything you can hear is Universal. Yeah. yeah. Everything you can eat is Subway. Yeah, that's true actually. Um, so we've got we've got our our units are big corporations and we want to take them down we want to we want to heist them good how 
Heistman and Sons family-owned heist business. Yeah. Agreed. So if the three of us were operating Heistman and Sons, yeah. Yeah. what are our specialities? What skills are we bringing to the table? Um, d- distraction. Holding up the queue by paying for things in pennies. Okay, mm. so Oscar's Pennyman. I'm Penny. I'm, I'm Pennywise, the wise man of pennies. No, he's already got something. I'm Pennyman. You're Pennyman. Yeah, so you go to the front of the queue and you order something that's a big expensive thing and then you pull out your big penny jar. Yep. And then you slowly count all of the pennies out from the jar onto the table, holding up the queue and meaning that cashier's attention's on you because they don't want to look away. And Now, that's fantastic. Yeah. You don't tend to buy your sandwiches from Subway HQ. So you're going to have to have a big jar of pennies in order to get their attention. I've got a pretty big jar of pennies. It's like a story high. It makes national news. (laughs) At Subway HQ, all of their resources are diverted to figure out the mystery of penny jarman. You know know when you go to like a fairground and it's like, guess the number of sweets in this jar and you win the jar of sweets. Mm. I've gone to every fairground going, guess how many pennies are in this jar. I've won them all by correctly guessing the number of pennies and then I've accumulated the penny jars from all of these fairgrounds into one very big penny jar mm. and I've rolled up and asked them at Subway HQ to guess the number of pennies in this big jar. <laughs> okay, so you're not paying, you are simply an act. You're yeah, an investor. I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, If I, you correctly guess the amount I of pennies in this jar. I will invest the total sum of these pennies into your business and they go, oh, it could be... It's it's the mystery box. Yeah, it's like, yeah. this could be twenty quid, or it could be a lot more. Yeah. I have no way of knowing unless I sit and correctly guess. And so everyone's there trying to take a stab at it because they want to be the person that cracks the penny riddle. Mm. So I've got their attention, and like all the all of the yeah, all of the eyes are on this very very big jar of pennies. Okay, they, one small thing: mm. will corporations not catch on once we've hit one target? When they see you waltzing up in your pinstripe suit with your giant jar of pennies, they go, "Ah, oh, fuck, here's, we're being hit." Here's here's the kicker: once we've gone, once we've successfully heisted the business, we also heist some of their pennies and <laughs> add it to the jar. So every time, it's so a different jar. Every successful hit, it's like you know, leveling up in a game. Like you hit one family, mm. you take their pennies, add it to the jar, and they go, "Right, well, they did get Subway." But they've taken all of their pennies and combined it with their existing penny capital. Who knows how many are in that jar now? I can't. I, I want to say no, but it's too sweet. Oh, the, risk, the risk reward is too high. So you're saying that they know they're being heisted, but they don't care because of the amount of pennies you could have picked up the at the sick. last business to be defrauded. Yeah, the sick thrill. <laughs> it's the classic kind of like Ocean's Eleven sort of like they see the Danny Ocean or whatever his name is coming in and they're like, oh, he's up to something. And then the big head honcho is always like, Give him a minute. Yeah. A second. Let's see what Let's his see play where is. this is going. I want to catch him in the act because yeah. I'm the only, I'm the public face of this heistman <laughs> and sons. So your your name is Danny Pennyman. Yeah, Danny Pennyman heistman. Danny da- Daniel Pennyman heistman. Danny Pennyman knee heistman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you waltz in with the giant jar of pennies, yeah. distract everybody in the workforce because they all want your sweet investment. It's a big jar. It's going to make a bit of a racket, getting it over the threshold. Yeah. yeah. Once you've got everybody surrounded, you. Tap on the jar three times with my one, ca- with my cane with your cane <laughs> one two three that then triggers Joel's uh, part in the heist, which is uh, I'm in the jar of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the penny diver. I am Scrooge McDuck style submerged in these pennies, <laughs> like David Blaine. <laughs> And once they take the pennies to the vault where they keep all their investments, I burst out and get in from the inside. 
I'm the cat burglar, but if the cat could be drowned in pennies and survive. Because most cats can't do that. Okay, so they've done a guess to how many pennies in the jar game. Mm. Yeah. And at no point have they noticed the figure of a gigantic six foot man in this jar. I think you're underestimating how many pennies there are in this jar. (laughs) Dude, this is a big ass jar. (laughs) (laughs) So once they've all done their guesses and they have to count the pennies in the jar, how are you doing that? They They don't need to count them because if they get it right, they just get the jar. They get the jar. And here's the trick. They always get it right. They always get it right. They always get it right. Whatever figure. It's a giant jar And someone goes I don't know 12 I go You've done it 12 pennies in this jar So like Yeah that's when Joel gets escorted Into the vaults Okay yeah. From there Joel breaks out Yeah um, Deactivates security Yeah Because and- all the security Is controlled from inside The investment in- inside, vault Inside the vault Of course The safest place in the building It makes sense yeah. He then manoeuvres His way through mm. uh, Searching for the hot chocolate Yeah Where well, do I- That's, that's I- why we're yeah. here <laughs> I, had, I had forgotten Why we were here so what's my role in this? Because uh, it feels like you've now got the rest of that on lockdown. Am I, I just getaway driver? Maybe you're Intel. I'm Intel. Not the company. I was going to say. But the the resource. Okay, so I am intelligent. So I, I get out of the jar and I, I bust security down because their office is in the vault. Yeah. And I take over the computers and it's all crazy green code. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I'm in. Okay. And then at this point... I am based where? Hmm. At, at this point, I would have had to have been snuck in as well. There's not also room for me in the jar of pennies. Tom, I cannot stress this enough. It's a very... <laughs> you can't just waltz into Subway HQ with a little, like, mason jar full Wait. of pennies and expect them to take notice. Can't yeah. I? Whilst the jar of pennies <laughs> is going on, I rock up claiming to have invented the perfect sandwich. They have to hear my pitch meeting. Okay. Whilst I'm in the boardroom, I put my little... Uh, chip on the bottom of their computer systems as I'm scrolling around doing my pitch. Naturally, the pitch goes terribly. I am forcibly (laughs) ousted from the company once uh, I... What's in your sandwich? uh, It's just bacon, but... No, no, no that's it. No bread. It's just bacon. <laughs> so like the double down. But just bacon. But just, just, just sheets of bacon. So three, it's three pieces of bacon. <laughs> yes, it is. The perfect sandwich. And they didn't want to hear me out. But I'm now in their systems. I happily waltz out past the main room of this warehouse where everyone is just like, 17,004. Oh, no, not quite. I slowly leave, get back into this 18 style van mm. uh, that we use to transport the pennies. That's where all the comms are. Yeah. And I sit there waiting until I get the I'm in. It's I get yeah. followed by a lot of clanking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a while for them to settle until I jump out the jar. <laughs> and the rest is child's play. So fr- from there, I deactivate security from Intel. I give yeah. Joel over the headset a plan of the of the overall building and security patterns, tell him mm. when to move, when not to move, Morpheus mm-hmm. style. Yeah. He makes it to the hot chocolate. Yeah. The recipe. The recipe. Oh, just the recipe. Not yeah, the big not- boiling vat that it all comes out of. Or I don't it- think we can reverse engineer the recipe from the thing. Because if we could do that, we could just go buy a hot chocolate from Costa. True. Yeah. And, and do it that way. We need the recipe. We need the inner workings of the chocolate mafia. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's one sheet of paper written up by 
Martin Costa, who uh, who has written down the recipe and it's like kept in a perspex cage inside a big metal box with a laser grid on the outside of it. And, you know, that's over the top of a shark fields tank or whatever else <laughs> like that. It's got to be pretty like secure. So then it's Joel's job to infiltrate that, get yeah. the recipe, hard copy, and then escape with that. And escape mm. it. The recipe, of course, literally just says three part chocolate, one part water. Yes, but which kind of chocolate? <laughs> yeah, which kind of water? So the answer may surprise you. So once we've done all of that, it's time to, to it's time to get the hell out of here. Okay. We also need to recoup our penny investment, <laughs> get our massive jar back somehow due to Oscar's uh, insistence. Steal more pennies. Yeah. We can't get more pennies. How get, are we going to get the other guys? Get on Joel and the pennies back into the van and escape back to Heisman and Son's office where Oscar's already planning the next. I'm going to be doing a lot of scooping. Yeah, uh, you you kind of like holding out the bottom of your t-shirt like a bib and then just open arm, like pushing things into it and then decanting yeah. that back into the initial jar. 100%. We also need a sound distraction then. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm do- I'm I'm doing I'm doing a kind of like ragtime piano piece in the foyer. If we, you haven't left. I haven't, <laughs> I'm still there. If we want it to be brand consistent, I feel like you've got to be doing a penny whistle solo. <laughs> That's lasted for twelve hours. Okay, listen. It's a very very big penny whistle. <laughs> So I'm starting at the top and it's like ultrasonic frequency and it's just stony. So it's like a penny clarinet, penny saxophone. Penny bassoon. Penny tuba. Yeah, it's the penny sousaphone. It just goes in a big spiral from the top all the way down. It's a pasusen. A pasusen. Yeah. And it's got like a corkscrew mechanic. Yeah. that Honestly, we could have made our money from the design of the penny, the pasusen, but... It's not for sale. It's not for sale. It's exclusively for our craft. <laughs> so as soon as I go in, I send the message that I've broken out of the jar, yeah. and Oscar starts at the ultrasonic frequency. Of course. Then I've got to have gotten the recipe, and by the time, by the, time the floor starts rumbling, <laughs> that's your signal to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, exactly. We've got it down to an exact science. <laughs> at which point, Oscar finally just breaks the floor from low frequencies, and then just thank you very much. I hope you enjoy your pennies, and just fucking legs it with a gigantic. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's when Oscar holds his massive hat out. <laughs> and gets their pennies as tips. It's a perfect Oh system. my god! <laughs> and that's the secret of how we stole the hot chocolate recipe from Subway. <laughs> Support your local businesses. <laughs> Come to Heisman and Sons. Just down the road. <laughs> Don't go to one of those corporate heist machines. <laughs> I understand there's more of them. They're a little bit closer, but... <laughs> you know, you don't get the family service. <laughs> So there you go. You, you need to support local businesses, but you need to do so in such a way that benefits us directly. And that's basically all there is to it. Can you insert the Heisman and Sons jingle in here, please? I'll, I'll do my best. Heisman and Sons. That's, that's my framework to work it's just from. Heisman and Sons, and then just four minutes of pennies <laughs> clinking. Indeed. The sound of pennies on loop forever, underscored by the Pasusan slowly descending. I think we're going to calm things down now and sign off the show for today, because uh, we got another episode to record, because Oscar's going on a holiday now. We're such holiday folk. We really are. I just got back from one. I'm going off on one in, the, in a day. And I've been in my room... Thank you so much for listening. We have been First World Solutions. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, great. Oscar? <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, if you have enjoyed what you've heard today, please do share it around with your friends. Let them know what we're about. Send them a link. Send them iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever. I'm not your mum. Uh, just let them know that we exist and that we can help them if they have a problem to which the world is first or something. I've been Joel. <laughs> Thanks. And I'm not Get your- to it. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not your mum either. So if you have any of your own problems, questions or issues you've been having within the first world that you feel like we would be well suited to fix, you'd be right. And the way to get in touch with us is we're on Facebook as First World Solutions. You can find us on Twitter at FWScast. You can find us on the email. I don't know who's finding people on email, but you can. And we're FWScast at gmail.com. Please do send in any questions or First World problems of your own. And we will endeavour to look at them and decide whether we can make them funny or not. If we have made anything funny, please do tell us. It's actually really nice to hear from you guys. Uh, please do leave us a rating and a review on uh, iTunes. That really helps us out as it helps us become more visible on the platform. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, drop us a comment, tell you what you thought, of, tell us what you thought of the show. Um, we just really love to hear from you guys and interacting, hearing the weird things they take away from the shows actually brings a, a great big smile to our faces. So yeah, please do keep that up. But in the meantime, thanks once again for listening. I've been Joel. I've been Oscar. I've been Tom. No problems. No problem. Thank you.